so hit it. Hello and welcome to This is the Play Sports, the podcast. It's, uh, I'll tell you what it is, it's summer. It's where I'm, I'm feeling a little toasty here in uh, beautiful Centerville, Utah today. Yeah, the Facer Mansion, uh, we had our air conditioner go out, so we are uh, getting it from the elements pretty good. We really are, and I think this is a good time to mention that people who do podcasts in their basement in no air conditioning are really heroes in, in a lot of ways because we we're deserve, pushing through the pain to, to we bring this to our some audience. Love. So tell your friends, listen, and let's get the audience growing on this thing. Yeah. So last week we talked about, um, we talked in wake of the Rudy Gobert trade. Um, the Jazz have not yet made another trade, but it seems one is pending and is right around the corner. So that brings us to our first quarter topic. Uh, reports are indicating that Donovan Mitchell. Um, maybe part of a trade that the Jazz are engaged with, with a certain club called the New York Knickerbockers. Um, I don't think this that destination for Mitchell comes as a surprise to anybody. Would you agree? No, it's kind of weird because a guy that, you know, you send a guy to the team he wants to go to. I don't think Rudy Gobert was begging to go to Minnesota. but And I don't know if Donovan's been begging to go to New York, but he's made it quite obvious that that's... You know, that's home. That's where he's been all summer. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because uh, the asking price is quite high. And if Ainge is able to get six uh, first-round draft picks and three or four players for Donovan, uh, I think he pushed the yes button and go for it. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm trying to find the proposed players that were in that trade. I, I know our good friend Tony Jones has reported on this. Uh, unfortunately, my athletic subscriptions expired. Anyway, I know guys like Emmanuel Quickie have been involved in that trade. Uh, Obi Toppin. You know, you look, you wrote it down. Sweet. Of course, I do uh, my homework. Look at you. Uh, those are probably the two biggest names. The other guys on there, I, I'm not even really sure uh, if they're going to be contributors for anybody, much less the, the the Jazz, who should be really bad next year, and or the uh, the Knicks as of late. So, Well, there's rumors that, you know, that R.J. Barrett would be in the deal, that Utah mm-hmm. wanted him, but... I believe he's due for a max contract after this season, yep. and I don't know if Danny Ainge wanted to take that on. No, I don't think so. I think they're really setting themselves up for not this season, but the uh, the season afterwards. If you look at the uh, the picks they're accruing, the cap space, the guys they'll have coming off the books, uh, they're they're they have no interest in really being. Uh, I mean, con- it seems silly to use the word contender because they're going to be far from it, but uh, they're they're going full tank mode. This for this upcoming season, and uh, I, I kind of am excited. I mean, I, I think um, I think this is kind of it's what the Jazz needed. They need to hit a complete reset. They, they it seems like they're getting a big return for their biggest assets. They're gonna eat crap for a year, maybe two, but it's never good. No, you never want to eat crap at all, really. But it, it, so I think that'll, that'll be a little hard for the fans to stomach for a bit, but. Um, Pretty soon they're going to find themselves with like a like a really interesting slew of assets that they can either trade to get good really quickly, or maybe even have a very high draft pick to get uh, you know a generational talent. So I, I think it's a really it's a really good thing what the Jazz are doing right now. You know I uh, grew up in the era when the Jazz moved to Utah. Remember the the likes of uh, Gentle Ben Poquet and. Mm. Alan Bristow and the boys, and uh, no idea who either of those. They were fun to go watch at the Salt Palace, and uh, you know the convention center. Yeah, it's now a convention. It used to be an arena, and it was kind of fun to go to. 
smelled like pot, but it was a good yeah. place to go. Um, and uh, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because those teams were kind of gritty and, you know, they'd win 24, 25 games. And, you know, if they beat the Boston Celtics or the Lakers once during the season, that was a big deal. Yeah. And uh, we may be getting back to those days. And it'll be interesting to see how this new fandom of the Utah Jazz reacts to that. Uh, they're going to be mad because uh, if, if, they, if they were upset about those horrible remix uniforms, they're going to be even more upset about how poorly the team plays in them. But again, I, th- I think you have to understand, like, th- this kind of thing, this, this tanking mentality works. And it's really the, kind of the only solution for a team like Utah to, to get better because they're never going to be a free agent destination. Trades are always, have always been tricky to, to bring in players who are in the prime of their career. You really have to strike while these guys are young on their first or second contracts, try to build a, a good nucleus that way with uh, with veteran support players around them. And that, I think that's the only path the Jazz have to, to getting to that elusive championship. And I think that the tank method is the, the only way to do it. We've seen teams like the Philadelphia 76ers have obviously been one of the more notable teams to take this approach. Uh, I think we're seeing Oklahoma City is probably going to start to turn the corner on that approach. They've been working on it for a while. Um, Danny Ainge, I guess you could make the argument he he did that with in Boston when he traded uh, Paul Pierce and um, Kevin Garnett and I, I think Jason Terry, who actually is going to be a Ray Jazz Allen. assistant coach. Uh, Ray Allen as well, yeah, yeah. So, so no, it, it's going to be an interesting time. And uh, like I said, there also is the theory that. The Jazz had everything in place, but Mike Mike Conley was a big disappointment as that number three. Uh, I think that I think taking a critical lens to the last couple of years, I think that trade should be looked at a little bit more unfavorably than than how people reacted initially. I, I don't think it did a lot for the Jazz. Granted, it's just a theory. Uh, it's a good one. It's an interesting one, though, right? So, moving along, I mean that 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 puts us in our discussion here in the second quarter where the Jazz are going to land in the NBA's Western Conference. I tend to believe that they're going to finish dead last or close to dead last because not only are they clearly much worse roster-wise, but many teams have passed them now in the standings. What's your thoughts on that? I think many teams passed them maybe before they even traded Rudy. Um, You know, there were some up-and-coming teams. You know, Denver's going to be back at full strength this year. Uh, Memphis, obviously, has proven to be a, a... great team golden state phoenix um you can go down the list there and then just reel off the teams new orleans there's high expectations there the clippers have Kawhi back mm-hmm. um a lot of people say don't count the lakers out i will go on the record and count the lakers out mm-hmm. um i don't think they have the supporting cast to help the two I don't see how bringing in crazy kyrie irving would solve all the problems um that they have considering he might just up and leave for a month or maybe just get bored and retire. I, I, I think the Lakers are a team that, that I don't think you can expect to see a lot. I think they probably are pretty locked in salary-wise and in a pretty tough situation. But no, I think you're completely right. Just glancing here at the Western Conference standings from last year, uh, Utah obviously finished fifth. Um, of course, we all know that because they lost to the four-seeded Mavericks in the first round of the playoffs. Um, so I think I think you can count on Dallas being continuing to be better. Uh, Denver's going to be better, like you said. Minnesota is likely much better. 
Um, I think they're going to do a really interesting thing, moving Cat to more of a power forward position, a stretch four, letting Gobert patrol the paint. I think that's something Carl Anthony Towns has never really been particularly good, being a, a rim um, rim defender, but he doesn't have to do it now. They've got the best guy in the world at that. Uh, the Pelicans should be better um, if Zion is as ready as they say he is. Clippers, San Antonio, they'll be better than the Jazz, I'll say. But um, well, They traded their best player away, too. So. Yeah, DeJounte Murray. Um, Portland, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I We keep waiting for the shoe to fall there and for Dame to, to demand his way out, but he continues to sign these huge contract extensions with them. Um, they, who who they who did they acquired someone big didn't they they got um was it Jeremy Grant they acquired yes so they yeah they they should be better I I think this is a year we see Oklahoma City take off a little bit um the list of teams that I see the Jazz being better than are are pretty are pretty small I th- I think maybe one or two in the Western Conference well maybe I mean it's it's really going to depend on what Utah gets back for Mitchell and if they. Uh, Sign any free agents, which is a possibility. I mean, you know, on paper now, it looks like uh, Mike Conley's the guy. It, it, I, and I think they're shopping him. I think they're shopping Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, it's Bogdanovich and, uh, and Conley I, now, and I don't think those two can carry a team. And I, I, think, I think they're going to maybe talk about trying to get something back for Jordan Clarkson as well. So And Clarkson would probably have to move in the starting lineup, Bob. Yeah. You know, um, you know they'll be... Somewhat competitive, but the the supporting cast, you know, you get to the bench and that. Oh, it'll be rough. Anybody, but you know, it'll it's going to be a tough haul in the Western Conference, and you know, I was getting back to the Lakers. Even you know, they may have to trade Anthony Davis in order to get some assets. Maybe trade him for a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so they have two or three players to play with LeBron. But uh, you know, every time you count LeBron out, he had the big game of the Drew League the other night. Yeah. And, he, he can still play, and he's pushing 40 years old, isn't he? Uh, like 37 or something, yeah. it's yeah. He, I mean, he, he's a he's That's a freak. old. Yeah, really old, yeah. Um, is he old enough to be my brother? I don't know. Anyway, we'll have to do the math on that later. Uh, but, yeah, it's... You're much older, brother. Uh-huh, right. Because uh, I just turned 30, everybody. Did you know that? Happy uh, birthday. Send money. <laughs> please. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, let's... Um, Let's see. I don't know. There's not much, too much else to say about that. Let's uh, let's hit the buzzer. Uh, wait for it to go for a couple seconds. Uh, take this time to think about the bees. We love the bees. One kind act a day. Uh, campaign my advertising agency has been working on. Make sure you guys do that. Uh, let's let's take a halftime break. Uh, halftime today is brought to you by Fizz Drinks um, at Station Park. They're very good. Get on our website, Fizz Owners, and buy an ad, would you? Mm-mm-mm. That fizz is fizztastic. We dropped some coin there today, yeah, so come on now. About $9. So Payback, payback. Yep, okay. Bring it on. Moving on, let's get back to it. Third quarter here. What were we going to talk mm. about third quarter? We are going to talk about Major League Baseball, right? We're going to talk about C.J. Crone making the ah, All-Star team. Yeah. We have the first University of Utah player ever to make it to a Major League All-Star game, and it's pretty exciting. He's having a heck of a year for the Rockies. Yeah, I, I, we were just looking at his stats. He's in his ninth major league season. Um, I think he, I think he and a lot of other major league teams had kind of thought he was near the end of his rope because he signed kind of a, a smaller one-year deal with the Rockies, I believe. Uh, he previously had a, a deal with uh, Minnesota, 
Uh, I think maybe Detroit. No, I think it was definitely Minnesota. But he was kind of near the end of his run, and he's now having the the, the year of his life. He's batting like two ninety five. He's got twenty one home runs. Um, the Rockies kind of an ex- kind of an exciting team. You know, he's doing well. Chris Bryant's well, on that team. If you're a power hitter, it's nice to play at the mile high. Yeah, you know, the thin air definitely in, helps in Colorado, and that seems to be a perfect fit for CJ Crone and his abilities. And uh, it's kind of interesting because you know he went to the University of Utah. Holds the record for batting average there and is the uh, only first-round draft pick ever from the University of Utah. He went 17th overall to the Angels. Mm-hmm. Yep. Went up the Angels system. And uh, you did an internship with the Bees, but he actually played for the Bees for parts of four seasons, right? That's true. Our, our time with the Bees did not overlap. Um, and uh, no, it's notable to mention he got a call up to the big leagues, whereas I did not. Um, not bitter about that at all. Um, not at all. Yeah. But, um, yes, he played parts of, I think, four seasons is what we counted. Um, that had to have been great for CJ to be back in a community he knew. Obviously, he's got a lot of fans here in Utah. Now, you were mentioning to me um, when he got drafted in 2011, you, were, you actually were able to give him a phone call, yeah. uh, do an interview. What, what, I mean, what was his excitement like then? He was just pumped. You know, he was at home in Arizona mm-hmm. and uh, with family and friends, and he was as excited as could be. And, I think he really liked the prospect of uh, being drafted by the Angels and then the opportunity to return to Salt Lake because you know who else plays at Smith's ball field besides the Bees? No, who? Utes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's a familiar stadium for him, and, uh, you know, I think he liked it. But, you know, he wanted to get to the major leagues and show what he can do. And, you know, he's in a, I think he's in a great situation. I, I don't think he could ask for better. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockies offer him a, a – Longer contract, obviously, mm-hmm. at season's end, and he gets paid very well. I mean, some of these baseball salaries are incredible. Yeah, how would you like to turn I down $440 million if you're Juan Soto? Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, um, there's a rumor that he might join our beloved Mariners. Yes, yeah, I, I saw that rumor uh, on a uh, post by The Athletic. They, they're saying the Mariners have, like, a good slew of prospects, have – you know, a pretty decent uh, payroll right now. They could probably make a pretty de- decent package for him. Four hundred and forty million. Well, well, here's here's my take. The Mariners right now are in the midst of a thirteen game winning streak. Do they dare interrupt whatever is going well for them? I would say no because uh, we've waited a long time and we actually uttered the uh, the conversation of what if they make it to the World Series? We'd we have to go. go. Yeah, we, we got to go. go. Yeah. So, you know, let's, they need to get to the playoffs first. My mother th- th- thinks that's funny for some reason. We're going, Mom. We're, we're going to Seattle. We're going to stay, the we're gonna stay at the Ritz-Carlton downtown. We're going to eat a steak at the Metropolitan Grill, uh, which is one of the best steakhouses in Seattle. Uh, Canless is uh, one of the best uh, seafood restaurants on the uh, well, western Ivers seaboard. Ivers is the best. Well, I- Ivers is good for lunch, but we'll do dinner at Canless. And uh, we'll have a great time there at the World Series. So, well, let's talk about another B real quick. Mike Trout, Our, everybody's favorite B, right? Former Everybody's B. former B played twenty games. Everyone acts like he was here for years and years, but he was here for a short time. But he uh, he pulled out of the All Star game because of back spasms. Um, what do you think? I mean, he missed a lot of time last year with an injury, and he seems to be bothered by his back this year. Is he one of those guys that's going to fight injuries the rest of his career? You hope not, but you, you figure the the weight of an entire franchise probably uh, weighs on him a little bit in a in a literal sense, in a figurative sense. But um, 
you know, I, I, I hope not. You know, he, he does, he, I think it was either last season or the year before he had like one of the first major injuries he's ever had. It was some kind of like, was it like a hamstring or something, something where he, he missed, he was on the 60 day, he was on like the 68 day DL for the first time in his career. I mean, he, he's been, he's played for over, this is his 11th season in, in the major leagues and he's played an extremely high level. Um, for a horrible team. For a horrible team, and eventually, you know, the body just goes. And guys like LeBron James are such a a, a marvel in the sporting world that they've been able to stay healthy. And it would be a shame if if, if Trout's production started to dip. It's a shame he's not going to play in the All Star game in L.A., uh, kind of his hometown. Although Los Angeles Angels don't really play in Los Angeles. Um, but you know, uh, it's amazing that franchise is bad again because it is. with Otani and. Trout. I mean, then they've got some other sluggers there, and you've seen some guys come through Salt Lake mm-hmm. that are making contributions, but for some reason they just can't put it together. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what happens. But uh, let's jump to the fourth quarter now, Aust, and we're going to talk about the Utes and the Pac-12 and college realignment. Not much happened this week. Nope. But speculation continues to grow. Yeah, I, th- I think everybody. I think as you were explaining to me, uh, you being a college football expert. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, you know, the, the thing everybody's kind of hinging the, the next move on is what happens with Notre Dame because, I mean, that's how crazy college football has gotten to the point where even Notre Dame has acknowledged that the, the independent platform isn't sustainable and they would be much better off in a conference setting. I think that might be a little crass <laughs> for some people to think about, see Notre mm-hmm. Dame wearing a, a conference logo on their, their uniforms, but... Uh, you know, that's the reality of the situation. Wherever they end up, likely I would imagine they'll have a good bidding war, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the, the Big Ten, which is kind of their neck of the woods. Uh, I think it, wherever they fall, I think that'll set whatever happens next. Yeah, it'll happen. Um, you know, you remember the last time Notre Dame went to the college football playoff, they actually spent the season in the ACC. Oh, that's right. They went in as ACC camp. So, um Independence, once again, was proven not to be the path to get there. And with this new setup, um, it almost looks like every year we're going to have the SEC champ play the Big Ten champ for the national championship. And I don't know if there will even be a playoff, and I don't know what that means to the Big 12 or the Pac-12. Again, it's speculation. Uh, maybe lawmakers will force them to open up a playoff. Uh-huh. And if it does, I would hope it's at least eight teams. Right. And I hope that there's a fair and equitable way to do that. But you, you, you you've got to admit, especially if Clemson ends up in the SEC, all the power teams in that league they deserve they would deserve four at least five yeah. teams, and you, know, you could make the same argument with the Big Ten. But you know the Pac-12 is interesting because I think it's very precarious right now because mm-hmm. if Washington and Oregon were invited to the Big Ten tomorrow. I think they'd leave in a, in a second. Yeah, you were describing the, the difference in in money in terms of the TV rights is incredibly oh, pronounced. What yeah. they say that the Pac-12 money would have to be like six times what it is now just to be half of what the Big Ten teams are getting. And you can't imagine after losing the L.A. markets they could command a raise six like that. Times, yeah. yeah, they couldn't. And then if you lose Oregon and Washington, arguably the two best teams left in the league, mm-hmm. Uh, besides Utah, obviously, because Utah's the defending champs. Let's not forget mm-hmm. that. But um, you know, it's going to make. So what you're saying, what I'm hearing is, you don't think the hypothetical addition of Boise State and San Diego, San Diego State would, you know, lift 
would give uh, the Pac-12 TV rights a six-time raise. No, it won't give the six-time oh, okay. raise. It might uh, stop the bleeding a little bit just because I don't think they could stand Pat because I, I think they're nervous beyond belief about Washington and Oregon. And then there's always rumors that uh, Notre Dame would join if Stanford would join because they want a like-minded institution in there. Mm-hmm. So if you lost Stanford, Oregon, and Washington, then, you, then the, you're down to seven teams. Mm-hmm. And does Utah want to be in that? And the, the answer seems to be a merger between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. And, uh, you know, that would provide a little comfort. It should be nice if Utah and BYU were in the same conference again and the last game of the season meant something. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping comes out of this. And uh, I mentioned this uh, on the radio there in Tulsa, Oklahoma this week. Uh, the good folks there at the Blitz were nice enough to invite me on for some reason. But uh, it was, it's the beard. It's the yeah. They like the beard, and they thought that would play well on radio in Oklahoma for some reason. But um, yeah, I, I think like that would be the best case scenario. If after all this jumbling, after all this turmoil, all this uncertainty, if when the dust settles, we can we can have those BYU Utah games just on the books every year. Don't have to worry about dedicating a non conference slot to it. And like you said, it, it meaning something and being played on a on a national audience. Um, in a big way. I think it really makes a lot of sense for, for Utah to maybe be looking at the Big 12, as I was explaining, because, I mean, we know there's an East Coast, West Coast bias in college football, and I think it would be really beneficial for Utah, a team that's you know emerging as a really kind of a powerhouse program, to get more cachet in Texas, in Oklahoma, to move towards the that side of the country, rather than standing pat with a, in a lesser conference, what will be a lesser conference here yeah. on the, the west side of the United States. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, Morgan's Cali has done a really good job recruiting Texas. So They've always done years. well in Texas. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be interesting, though, because one of the reasons they got a lot of good players from Los Angeles was because they played the L.A. schools yeah. every year, one at home and one away. So that's, that'll be interesting to watch because is that recruiting pipeline going to dry up? You just find a way back. Schedule San Diego State non-conference if you have to. Or I don't know if you can get the L.A. kids, though, like you used to be able to get them. Probably not in the same way. I don't know. But, I but, mean, but Purdue, you, Purdue could come in and say, hey, we play at USC every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be different. It's weird. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, that brings us to our uh, parting shots. Um, yeah, I think you had a good one. Tell me, tell me what's your party shot this week. Well, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Eric Weddle and congratulate him on uh, going in the Utah Athletics Hall of Fame. Um, I had the opportunity to cover him during his career at Utah. I still remember that first time I interviewed him. I think it was the first day of practice, and he said uh, he was kind of angry that USC and UCLA didn't recruit him. He's from San Diego, mm-hmm. and they said he was too small and couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to show him, basically, and, and he showed him. In a big way. In a big way. And then um, Shona Thorburn, who was uh, on that Utah basketball team that went to the Elite Eight and almost made it to the Final Four back in, uh, I think it was 2006, uh, is also going in and some others. So congratulations to everybody going in the Utah Sports Hall of Fame and a special shout-out to Super Bowl champion Eric Weddle. Yeah. You know, when I did my internship with the Chargers a few years ago, I think it was – the year after he left to play for Baltimore. And, you know, obviously he had his falling out with the Spanos family, with um, the other members of the, the high-level management there in San Diego. But everybody else who had worked with the team, the support staff, everybody, 
Um, they they all just said they loved Eric. They thought he was just a great guy to have in, in the building there. And uh, I mean, he's a fun guy. I think everybody likes seeing what he's up to, and he's he's always been a really good representative of, of Utah and the program there. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been good to the program. You know, he gives back. I remember he came to the uh, the spring game one year and uh, went into the game without any pads on. Oh, he's hilarious. And he's running the football, and he's got 11 guys in full pads chasing him. And I could just see the, if the Chargers saw a film of that, they uh, would just freak out. Oh, but, yeah. But he liked that, and he's uh, – just a good guy, and he's uh, well-deserving of that honor by the University of Utah. He's also on the ballot, along with Alex Smith, I believe, to get on the uh, in the college football hall. Put him in. And so it'll be interesting to see if they're, uh, I think, their first ballot guys this time. I hope Alex Smith gets in because what he did for Utah that year was fantastic. Yeah, I think he's earned a lot of goodwill with the, the end of his NFL career as well. So uh, let's get my parting shot um, is a little shout-out to a – uh, like myself, a Viewmont High School legend, uh, someone who uh, probably should have his name on the water tower here in Centerville, if we had a water tower. If we had one. Yeah. Uh, good old Alex Jensen, whose uh, number is enshrined in the Viewmont High School gymnasium. Uh, I believe he and um, Lori Salvo's daughter are the only ones that Ariel. have it. Ariel, that's right. But, uh, yeah, it seems like he's going to be staying on board, being a part of Will Hardy's staff for the Utah Jazz, and I think that was that's huge for the Jazz. Um, I, I could see how he might feel a little jilted after, you know, serving so much time, you know, with that team and uh, being a, a finalist in the interview process and, and ultimately not getting the job, how, how maybe he might be uh, looking for somewhere else to, to share his expertise. But uh, it seems like he's going to be staying on the staff. Um, I don't think he's going to be the lead ex- uh, assistant is what we've seen, but that might change. But um, I think it's, it's just huge to have a guy like Alex Jensen still on, on the bench there. He, if if you uh, ever got the chance to go early to a jazz game, you would see he and Rudy Gobert spent a lot of time working one-on-one together. They were constantly watching film on his laptop before games, and they were they were working out together. So he, I think he deserves a big uh, round of applause for his role in Rudy's development into a, an elite NBA player. And um, it's just good to see another Vermont guy make it. You know, I think I think there should be more of us. Um, well, this, this is all tongue-in-cheek, by the way, folks. And let me ask you, I mean, maybe they could call Minnesota and get another draft pick uh, for Alex. Sure, yeah, why not, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it'd be wise to keep him. Now, he, he's a good guy, and then just as a note, uh, his mother mm-hmm. babysat you once. So. I, yep, I've heard that, yep. That's, I, I have no recollection of this, but, yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. And, uh, you know, obviously he and his brother, uh, Andy, also another Viewmont legend. I think Andy actually taught math at Viewmont while I was there. Um, but, yeah, those guys are just Davis County icons, and um, it's good to see them staying in the state and staying in a, in a visible role. Well, and I had just hoped that with that one babysitting thing that enough uh, good uh, things would flow that would get you on the basketball team. Didn't work. Yeah. Uh, played I'm, hockey I, instead. I, th- so. I think it was my genetics that held me back more than anything. So. Uh, I'm a ward ball hero. Mm-hmm, yep. Just ask anybody I played with. Right, right. Well, that uh, wraps up the show for today. Um, uh, you are a ward ball, ball hero, by the way. I do oh, want, exactly. I do, do well, want, let's let's remind folks that uh, we're remodeling the website. Uh, we should have it up and going pretty soon. But you can get on there now and register for prizes starting next week. We're going to bring back the wheel of fortune. So, so go to the website. It'll have like a under construction sign on it right now. 
Um, but still, the little icon in the right-hand corner with that has like the, the letter on it, that's the email form. I'm going to uh, fix that up in a little bit, but go ahead and hit that, throw your info in there. Obviously, we're not going to bug you in anything. That's just for for the, so you can, you know, win a prize or whatever. So, And let's, let's mention that the prizes this year are going to be some things maybe that we bought on clearance, and they might be some things from my goodie bag uh, during my years as a sports writer when they gave something away. Um, I tended to load my bag with them. So uh, uh, I I remember the Mountain West Conference uh, football meetings. They give away those mini football helmets, like in a in a pack. And I think we, I mean, we took we probably took twenty packs of those uh, well, football no one, helmets. No home. one said we couldn't. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, let's get the record straight. There was no stealing involved. Right, right. They were just there for the taking, but uh, we outfitted all of our stuffed animals in those. Was, we'll have some. They would have been perfect for probably those Thai beanie babies. Yeah, that's it. We'll have, yeah. so we'll have some yeah. fun stuff to give away, and then um, we encourage you to listen to the podcast and the website. Uh, we got some exciting things planned, and um, we're just trying to, to get back on our feet here and uh, get healthy and strong and kick some butt again. So thank you for listening, and uh, this is good job. Thank you. Later.